0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Feels, shipping to your doorstep in only a few days. Feels CBD is a natural, healthy, better way to feel better. Become a member today by going to feels.com/no meat. That's f e a l s.com/no meat, and you'll get fifty percent automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. This episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp, helping you take charge of your mental health. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com slash nomeat. Start living a better life today.
1: Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete. Radio.
2: Candace Hutchings, thank you so much for joining us today. Known better as the edgy veg, which first question is going to be why edgy? Why was that uh, an an important part? But for the listeners, you are a YouTube celebrity. I think you count as a celebrity. Uh, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the number of followers you have is greater than some of the uh, small nation states around the world. So I I think it counts. but a, a vegan chef, a comedian, someone who brings so much, uh, I think, comedy and, and attitude to your to your videos. I'm so excited to explore all these things and also to dig in a little bit more about how you got here. And, and also uh, here's some tips from you as, as you are a very competent chef as demonstrated when you created a, uh, a vegan turkey out of wheat <laughs> gluten. The turkey uh, recently... that
1: broke the internet.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that was a fascinating thing. Um, it probably would have killed me, uh, or my yeah. wife better said, because uh, I haven't eaten gluten in like five years. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But, but enough about that. So um, welcome, and thank you so much for for spending a little time with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk all things, you know, food, veganism, and uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Great. Well, um, I let's dive in at the beginning. Um, Candice, tell me what what was the path before you were the edgy veg? Assuming that that was not a a, a given name by your parents. Um, tell us how how did you arrive here? And you can take your pick if you want to tell us the story behind um, becoming vegan, or if you prefer uh, becoming. a a content creator, a a publisher, a a media sensation, take, take your pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, they both kind of go hand in hand. Um, I went vegan 10 years ago and it just like being the edgy veg or starting the edgy veg just kind of happened. Um, I, I had a lot of headaches as a kid. Um, There were weeks where, you know, I had migraines three days out of the week, which is insanity, and I was in bed, uh, you know, aura, very sensitive to light, that sort of thing. And so my mom was very into the like health food thing, you know, the the hippy-dippy yeah. eat millet, um, <laughs> no salt, no sugar, oh. no oil when I was yeah. younger. So she was actually like one of the OG vegans of like the 80s and 90s, which is pretty cool. Um, But we didn't grow up vegan. We just grew up with very healthy food. Um, Some of which was terrible. Um, But she was very well versed also as a nurse um, in kind of the detriment that animal proteins can have. So one of the first things that she cut out for me was any sort of uh, cow based milk, dairy, anything like that um, to help with my migraines, uh, which helped. So it kind of started there from a super young age. And then, you know, I got older and we didn't have milk in the house. My sister was lactose intolerant. It was always soy milk, even in the nineties, which again was terrible at the time. (laughs) But uh, we grew up mostly vegetarian because she also is very religious. So we grew up eating no pork, um, no seafood. Uh, She's a seventh day Adventist. So a lot of food that we couldn't eat growing up and the only meat really that we ate was chicken. So mostly vegetarian, the odd time chicken was involved in then, you know, when I went off to school, moved out on my own, you know, I experimented with other meats Um, (laughs) and I always just kind of came back to the vegetarian way of life and my migraine started to come back. So I had seen a homeopathic doctor and he suggested again, cutting out animal proteins altogether, including eggs. I already was mostly vegetarian at this point. And so I thought, okay, well, this is working and it's working on my skin. I have terrible acne as well, which the dairy was affecting the acne and making it worse and a lot of like rosacea and whatever. And so I was like, okay, there's something to this. So I started cooking. Um, I'm a huge foodie. I grew up in Europe. Uh, there's a lot of cheese, (laughs) <laughs> a lot of very decadent foods growing up in Europe. So I kind of said to myself, there's something to this, this seems to be working for my body, but I want to be able to eat the foods that I, I loved. So I started just kind of experimenting and my mom wanted the recipes and her friends wanted the recipes and my sisters wanted the recipes and people at work. I worked at Lululemon at the time first moving to Toronto. They wanted the recipes. So I was like, well, I'm tired of Sending this via email to everyone. So I'll just put it up on like a blog spot. And that's kind of how it happened. It accidentally just kind of started to gain traction. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to call this thing? And at the time, a lot of it was, you know, a lot of the people in the vegan community, it was very, 10 years ago, it was very like hippy dippy, raw food. And I didn't want to eat that. So I was like, well, what makes me different? Well, I'm, you know, I'm the vegan that wants to eat the mac and cheese, wants to eat the fried chicken. And so I started coming up with the recipes that way. And that's kind of how the name came to be and kind of how the blog accidentally became a thing that people read. And it kind of snowballed from there. YouTube was the next logical thing to do at the time. Um, It was like 2007, 2008 when YouTube videos were you know, starting to become a thing 2012, like 11, 12 is when I started to get into it um more you know seriously before then i was just kind of throwing like weird thing i i remember one of my first videos is like me trying oil pulling so it's definitely come from you know a long ways from there but that's kind of the story of it it they kind of just go hand in hand they this both things kind of just fell into my lap out of necessity and i mean it's the best thing that ever happened to me
2: (laughs) yeah um I will have to look up your oil pulling video. I'm sure oh my God, that is it's so hilarious <laughs> at this, at this point. Um, so that's interesting because the edginess I, I assumed was because of the, the dose of comedy, right. That, that you bring in, but been said it's because of the, uh, I guess, indulgent uh, nature of, of the palate that you bring or the recipes that, that you bring to life, which I, I would not have guessed, but that answers my second question carnivore approved so your your uh, your hope is that these are recipes that our friends and family who are not vegan they will even appeal to their palate.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm not, you know, I never try to make them the exact same as the meat counterpart because I mean a lot of the time if you say, you know, this is exactly the same as meat, people are going to be disappointed. So I wanted to create meals with Familiar flavors, dishes with familiar flavors. Um, so instead of reinventing the wheel and how to flavor, I don't know, meat substitutes or vegetables, I just use the flavor profiles that were really common, say in steak or in cooking chicken, and just use those flavor profiles on plant based options. Um, I found that a lot of people online were just making it too complicated. Um, when you could just, you know, use the flavors that everyone already knows and loves and recognizes and just make a really delicious plant-based version of something. And, um, something that people might not go, oh, this is, you know, this exact same, but might go, this is just as delicious. And I don't mind, you know, giving up a day or two here of eating meat and eating this instead.
2: Right. Right. And you mentioned growing up in in Germany. I think you also spent a lot of time in, in Canada. You're there now. Um, what, uh, what, 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 I guess, um, tell us how you think that, that kind of diversity of experience led you to the openness. Cause I, I think a lot of times what we, what we see in terms of the challenges of people changing their, their diet is that they've been doing something so consistently that like, And I wonder if maybe that was one of the reasons why, you know, this lifestyle change came so easily because you already saw different food cultures and you could kind of pick and choose what you liked in them.
1: Yeah, well, growing up in Germany, I lived there until I was eight. Um, We moved to Canada permanently when I was eight. So I'm an army brat. My dad was in the uh, Canadian military station in Germany and then met my mom there at at a discotheque, you know, doing their thing. Um, and so I l- was back and forth a lot. Um, but my grandparents, you know, they, my grandmother was a great cook, um, not healthfully by any stretch of the imagination. She loved to put cream in every single soup. Um, but she was a really good great cook. We loved her food. And with my aunts, um, we would go out to eat, you know, Italian or Middle Eastern. And because of Europe and how everything is so close together, we would also vacation in all these places. So I became very familiar with different types of cuisine at a super young age. Um, And then of course, having the like hippy dippy parents that I did, also alternative which was at the time alternative lifestyles. Um, and then of course the religion side of things. I mean, my mother learned how to cook vegan from a woman in her church that wrote vegan cookbooks in the eighties and nineties. So, um, a lot of the techniques I use to this day. So I definitely was incredibly fortunate to be able to be exposed to so many different types of cuisines and different types of lifestyles at a super, super young age. And, um, you know, even going from, you know, a a two parent household to a single mom, where we then after my dad left, you know, were very, very poor and single mom, um, you know, income, she was working three Mm -hmm. jobs, and I had to learn how to cook at a super young age. Um, So it's a lot of different life experiences, I think that that makes it so easy for me to adapt. And explore um, kind of not only just different types of cuisines, but the memories and the nostalgia that people hold and the significance culturally that people hold with different meals and different lifestyles. Um, and that's really what fascinates me. I love to know the history of a certain dish and like why mm-hmm. it's special to a group of people.
2: Oof, so, so much there. Uh, so much to dig into. Um,
1: I tend to ramble. Uh,
2: no, no, I love it. And, and gosh, you know, my, my heart goes out to your mom. I literally just said this the other day to, to my wife that I think single moms have to be like the one special interest group that like needs more attention because, yeah, I mean, I have two kids and obviously me and my wife are, are happily together Knock on wood. And, and like, but I just cannot fathom how you go and you you work a job in order to pay someone to watch your kids. So like, you have no money, right? Because like, it's always going toward and that it's such a incredibly different, difficult cycle, because as you're working multiple jobs to pay for the childcare and the food and everything else, like, yeah. how are you going to advance in terms of of uh, of educating yourself or or getting to that next level in your career to make more money, right? It's like, again, that's yeah. my like... mom's
1: a pretty, my mom is a powerhouse of a woman. I mean, I don't know that I could have done what she did with three girls, <laughs> yeah. um, all very close in age. And I mean, I started babysitting my sisters at 11. And she is just yeah, the way that she kind of dug herself out of that, and then eventually became a computer engineer that took apart microchips and put them back together again, and just wow. retired. I mean, she and she got that job like randomly talking to one of my sister's friends' parents, and was like, "Hey, so are you gonna are you going to give me a job?" And he kind of was like, well, "You don't have any schooling in this," and she's like, "I learn really really fast." Uh-huh. So like, she just. Yeah, it's cool. And and I think that that's kind of what gave me my worth at my work ethic as well, and drive to keep going. I mean, the amount of times starting this business that I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. This like, is this even going to make any money? But I kept going. And I think that my mom has a lot to do that as a role model.
2: Yeah, wow. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Um, It is true. I think the past generation was definitely tougher than us because I look at I mean, my mom. Uh, had her, my sister, uh, at 16 um, oh, wow. and was shortly divorced uh, from her first husband after that. Uh, so like, yeah, again, just cannot imagine how how they got through. I mean,
0: comparatively, uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, so, so, so blessed. All right, this is Doug here interrupting the interview with a chance to thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Feels. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, you name it. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free, delivered directly to your door, and it really couldn't be easier. They have set it up to where it is just, set it and forget it, and then use the CBD. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. And there's no hangover or addiction. I use CBD almost daily for for better sleep and just to kind of calm my nerves at the end of the day. I love the way it makes me feel or not feel and, uh, and it really couldn't be easier. Place a few drops of feels underneath your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. And I gotta say feels is the most premium CBD that I've tried and I've tried a number over the past years. I really love this stuff. The thing to remember is that CBD is about finding the right dose for you because everyone's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find the perfect dose. And I absolutely love this because it really takes out any any fears or anxieties around using a new product. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Feels monthly membership makes self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash no meat and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S.com slash no meat to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping, feels.com slash no meat. This episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp, helping you take charge of your mental health. What interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe, private online environment, it's convenient, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours, all without ever having to leave the comfort of your home or sit in an uncomfortable waiting room at a therapist's office. If you've ever worked with a counselor before, like I have, you know that it's important to find the right match. If you don't find the right match, you're you're hesitant to open up. It's just it's just not all that good of experience. I think this is, this is why a lot of people don't have great experiences with therapists because they, they go to someone, it's not a good match, they only go a couple times, and then they never go again. BetterHelp solves that problem. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to, to change counselors if needed. Plus, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and, but, and financial aid is available if you need it. BetterHelp is not a crisis line or a self-help line. It's a professional counseling specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, and so much more. After the year and a half that we have all had, a lot of us are dealing with things that maybe we didn't know, you know maybe are coming to the surface for the first time. BetterHelp is a way to have that professional counseling experience without going to an in-person therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and send a message to a counselor at any time. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com nomeet Join over one million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com. Slash No Meat Better H-E-L-P.com, slash No Meat to get ten percent off your first month. Thanks BetterHelp and Feels, and with that, let's get back to the interview.
2: You mentioned your work ethic, so help us connect the dots between military brat. You started a blog, you created the YouTube channel, and then I, I assume the the money just started pouring in, and all of your problems. No. <laughs> Um, like what? What was that process like to go from you know I'm I'm going to create this to help people as a resource, my friends and family. I, I want to, them to stop asking me the same questions over and over again, <laughs> and just send them a link, which is something I I have I, I deeply resonate with, um, and uh, happily send out know me to athlete links left and right for that same reason. But then you decided to take that sort of hobby, right, and and say like you know, I, I, I'm going to make this a a full-time job. I'm creating value in in the world. Now you have, I mean, tens of millions of views on your, uh, videos. So help us connect the dots to when this became real.
1: Yeah. So I, I think I mentioned earlier when I moved to Toronto, I worked for, for Lululemon for a while, which was actually I mean, if you're starting anything in the kind of health space or wellness space, it's a really good, it's a really good place to start. Um, I was introduced to a lot of the key players in that industry in Toronto. Um, I don't know if you know anything about but they have like ambassadorship programs. And so I was introduced to a lot of people that way. And then after a couple of years of working there, um, a woman came into the store, um, And we had talked about, you know, I was looking, she had a restaurant, I was looking for some mentorship that way. And, and I wanted to see, you know, how people came up with recipes, you know, the right way, because I mean, I just, I taught myself how to cook, and I wanted to gain more experience that way. And she actually came into the store and offered me a job. So I, I quit. Uh, Lemon and then ran a restaurant, um, started in the front of house in the juice bar. And then eventually after two years ran the actual restaurant for her, um, not in sort of back of house, but more, you know, the business side of things and the admin. So I learned a ton from that. Um, I think a lot of my business experience now came from being thrown into that situation and just kind of dropped into the water and was told, okay, swim. So I had to teach myself a lot of that and teach myself how to manage people. And there was a lot of learning there. Um, eventually, there was a bit of a falling out there. The um, the ethics of the restaurant just didn't really align with me. So then I went back to what I actually went to school for, which was marketing. And I worked at an agency for a while. And it, I think it was all of, all the while, I should mention, doing the edgy veg on the side. So one day I woke up and I'd had two hours of sleep in the last like three days. And I said to myself, I'm either doing this edgy veg thing full time and giving up this other agency job, or I'm going to stop doing it because I'm going to kill myself, you know, with the lack of sleep and the stress and I'm aging horribly. And I just, I'd had enough. Um, so I just, I, I, I left my job and said, you know, I'll give it a year. If I can prove that this thing can make a little bit of money in a year, I'll keep going. If I can't make it work, I'll go back to an agency job, which, you know, I can always kind of rely and fall back on. So, um, my husband at the time, um, was very supportive of that. So I didn't, I always knew that if, you know, the whole thing fell apart, I had a bit of a safety net, which was nice. Um, so I just started really Deep diving into that, putting ads up on the website because before this, before I really looked into it, I didn't even have ads on the website, which is silly Um, and really focused on YouTube and got into the YouTube scene here in Toronto and just really networked and pitched like cold called and cold emailed brands for, I remember my first brand deal. I think it was free product and a hundred dollars for a shout out. I was like, Oh, great. Okay, I can do this. And then they started to snowball. So um, I think it just, it just kind of snowballed from there. And it was a lot of really late nights and early mornings and just kind of going for it. Um, like I said, the YouTube channel was the next logical thing. And then after the YouTube channel, a book was the next logical thing. I didn't want to write a book at all. Um, I have a lot of friends that have written books. And it's Just a nightmare. Um, So I didn't see the value in it. I'm like, why would I write a book? All my recipes are online. Who's going to buy a book? Um, But I had a a local boutique publisher approach me and I told them I really don't want to. Um, But if you give me all of these things on this list, I'll consider it. So it was things like I want photos for every single recipe in the book and I want complete creative control and I like just very bratty list of things that just were super important to me and they went for it. So, um, I actually took a year off of doing anything else except for the book, which ended up not being great for YouTube and all of that. Cause if you stop posting, you know, Um, and then after the book, then that sold really well. And then, um, I got divorced and had to start over, uh, had to buy the business back from my ex-husband because at this point he was 50%. I had to buy him out. um, Got my business back. Pretty much started from ground zero. Ended up hiring some of my friends that are just experts in their field to help me out and really invested what I had and what I could with loans and whatever else line of credit to get this thing going. Mainly because my ex-husband told me I couldn't do it without him. So there was a bit of a watch me situation happening. Like, I was like, out of spite, I will make this work. So yeah, that was almost three years ago now. And within three years, um, it exploded. I mean, we went, I think like 500 times over. Like it went from like making enough money that I could pay my staff, but not pay myself and be in debt to 2020 of last year, you know, actually paying myself, paying my staff and not going into debt so it was a pretty cool turnaround um that way in that you know maybe the divorce was the best thing to ever happen to me
2: <laughs> um well that is an amazing story so thank you so much for for sharing and and uh yeah spite is a is is a <laughs> powerful emotion and and spite gives it a bad connotation but um i uh uh, so Ethan Brown, the founder of, of Beyond Meat um, mm-hmm. in his office, I'll never forget, uh, you know, because you walk in and there's all these like just, you know, kind of cheap canvas prints with quotes on them. And you, you know, you, you, if you walk into any uh, person's office, you often see like they have inspirational quotes on the walls these were all the naysayers.
1: These were like amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, I remember one, uh, what was his name? Matt, something of like the today show. And it was like, no one will ever like choose a, a pea protein burger over the real thing. Right. And it had like a date and like Matt, Matt Lauer, I think was his name. Anyway, I can like picture that one in particular, but he had like 10 of them on the walls and it's like, I I deeply resonate with that because obviously as anyone who is in the business of putting themselves out there and getting rejected, you know, you you accumulate that list of people who said, you know, you weren't gonna make it or I'm not gonna yep. invest or like whatever. <laughs> and 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 I have to say, like as much as I'm fueled by the positive emotions, right? Like, you know, I, I honestly think the number one being that, you know. We have a team of people relying on on uh, this business's success, and so we we have to be successful. I, that's definitely the push, but there's also that pull where you're like, I, you know, all those people, you know, who who yeah. uh, said me I couldn't do it. So I, I think that's awesome that you you tapped into it and you bet on yourself, and and now you you've uh, you know uh, crossed that that threshold the cash flow positive that very, very, very few people are, are able to create something like that. And, and like you said, um, you know, create an opportunity for, for your uh, uh, team and, and obviously to, to then be able to pay yourself to do this, this work that touches so many people. So that's yeah, really awesome.
1: It's a pretty cool feeling um, to then be able to employ those people that now get to do their, their dream job. I mean, my assistant, Molly, she, she messaged me on Instagram and like made herself a job description and said, I think you need this and you should hire me, which I loved that like tenacity and initiative and that type of confidence. I was like, all right, 21 year old, let's see what you got. So and she's been with me now for two years. And this is her dream job. I mean, she's helping me film videos now. And a lot of the time, the hands are not me, they're her and she helps me with all the prep. And that's what she wants to do with her life. So to be able to have, you know, friends or, or people that you've hired, you know, grow into these roles that literally is their dream is a really great feeling it makes me feel really good because right. i also get to not only do i get to live my dream but I, I get to provide that for somebody else which is pretty great also this is harley <laughs> she's, hello harley and she you, you, um, you might hear
2: you didn't you didn't add her harley is blind and deaf so um,
1: um so i have three dogs harley oh, is okay. partially blind she only has one eye <laughs> And it's partially blind the other one. Um, I have another one, uh, Kevin, who is blind and deaf. And then Winston, who's just fluffy and wonderful. But she's very needy. So <laughs> you'll see her pop up every once in a while. Oh, well,
2: well, welcome, Harley. Uh, I think this <laughs> might be the first time we've had a dog on, on oh. the show. So.
1: Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, in keeping with the theme. So um, let's see. Uh well, uh, I, I want to be respectful of time. So so let's get to some practical tips yeah. and tricks, because I want to make sure to to leave the listeners uh, with some advice from, from a chef. But before we get to that, um, you mentioned cheese. Cheese was a mm-hmm. challenge for you. Cheese, I don't, I mean, I, you know, Neil Barnard has gone into like the cheese addiction thing, and it does tap into um, those those same mental pathways. So uh, there's that explanation. But I think there's a lot of sort of just plain old cultural taste bud reasons. I- I'm curious, y- you found your way out. You you got over the cheese challenge. Yeah, it was hard. What, what <laughs> advice do you have for people who say like, I could just never give up cheese? Like my mom, by the way, who like right. is vegetarian, you know, vegan plus cheese, essentially, right. you know, and yeah, heart. I mean, it was
1: it was hard. It's, for me, growing up in Germany, I mean, one meal a day was essentially cheese and bread. I mean, that's what lunch was. It was either cheese and bread or like cold cuts and bread and tomatoes and that sort of thing. And I didn't really eat meat. So it was the cheese and bread and different types of bread and different types of cheese and very fancy. And yeah, it was rough at first. I remember, you know, going out and at 3am, like coming home with a pizza with cheese on it when I first went vegan, because I just like, I wanted it. So for me, I, I had to really rethink my, like rewire my thinking when it came to cheese. And I had to stop comparing vegan cheese to like real cheese or dairy cheese. Um, and I just kind of started thinking of it as something else. I mean, am I going to get the same ooey gooey like flavors, not exactly, but I can find things that are delicious and definitely give me that same pleasure that I get from cheese. It's just not going to be the, the exact same. So for me, I just I really looked into the brands, um, not only that are available you know nationwide here in Canada or worldwide, but also locally, there's a lot of really beautiful artisan cheese makers here in Toronto. So I've tried every single cheese out there. Any vegan cheese that's out there, I've tried it, and I I just kind of now have like a Rolodex of my favorite ones for whatever I need it for, and that's I mean I think that that's really the only way to get over that, um, other than you know even making it from home. I mean I've made cream cheese at home. I've made like queso from home, and you just kind of have to rewire it. And honestly, after going this long without cheese, I don't even really think about it anymore. It's like anything else, right? If you cut out sugar, your sugar cravings eventually do go away. And you don't like, you don't crave them anymore. You don't need it. It doesn't have that like, heroin addict types, (laughs) response to your body that sugar does.
2: Right. Which, I think that was the mental pathways that I was mentioning because a lot of it is that same sort of dopamine. And I mean, maybe it's not as powerful as an opiate, but uh, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think to your point, you know, when when you it sounds like uh, made this transition to veganism, uh, you know, and certainly when I did, um, like I I think you had like daya, you know, I mean yeah. that was pretty much the option. Um, and the founder of which, you know, brilliant, you know, visionary who I'm fortunate to call a friend, but like, you know, now where we've come to, I mean, especially in certain parts of the US, you know, mm-hmm. in certain grocery chains, I mean, they, like any cheese you want, I mean, like the really stinky artisanal cheese and like they're, they're now creating a vegan version. And to your earlier yeah. point, you know, you may have to disconnect them. I'm certain if you put side by side, like this blue cheese and this blue cheese that, you know, like, yeah, but, but trust me, like for, uh, for someone who hasn't had dairy-based cheese in seven, eight years, like, I mean, they taste spot on to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, after a while, your taste buds change. And I mean, with dishes, even um, my mom always made lasagna with mozzarella and, I really wanted lasagna. So instead I just switched it. I was like, okay, how did the Italians make ma- our, our lasagna? Well, they do it with bechamel. So get rid of the cheese aspect altogether and find a different way of cooking your favorite meals so that they're still delicious. I mean, forever I would make pizzas without cheese and without a dairy free cheese option. Cause they just, I couldn't find one that gave me the same experience. So I just made it something else. You know, I, I, made like a cashew cream sauce and put that on top. And then, you know, I still got that creamy effect, but I'm not expecting cheese and then being disappointed. So that was very right. helpful.
2: I think it's fantastic advice, especially because uh, for me, what I found is it's not so much the the taste as it is what you're describing, the texture, the, the satisfaction that you get with something creamy but like, you know, I mean, honestly, like a a peanut butter, right? Like sometimes you're just looking for a richness that doesn't have to come in the form of like, you know, this super decadent cheesy pasta, you know, like, so, so figuring out how do you satisfy the craving? Like you said, maybe with a cashew cream sauce or avocado, I mean, you throw in an avocado based sauce like in that creaminess does does it you know
1: well and that that's how the science of flavor works right in order to um like have flavor uh like transport not transfer what is the word i'm looking for um i don't know what the word is like, like convey trans- the same yeah you need fat so i mean right. you need it to be able to draw out that flavor so and you need that mouth feel um if you've ever noticed you know oil free or fat free things you just don't have the same like punch of flavor. It's because of oil. like, you need a fat to, to help carry that flavor. So you can add anything creamy or fatty in there. That's, you know, why peanut butter works so well. Avocado works so well. Um, Cause it is transferring that flavor. It's really drying it out.
2: Right. Right. Um, so I think the perfect next practical question is uh for someone who's totally intimidated by this conversation, because I heard the science of flavor, they're like, <laughs> listen, lady, I don't know how to cook. And, you know." And you're introducing science, right? What What is your, aside from go to the edgyveg.com, you know, <laughs> Google edgy veg, check out the YouTube, you'll walk them through how to learn to cook in so many ways. Because I do think that ultimately you, you learn to cook by, Following recipes, yeah. looking at a at a video or two, figuring out that it's not that hard. Just you know, follow the instructions, and eventually you pick it up. Mm-hmm. But but what is your advice to people who are intimidated by the the kitchen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have two different separate <laughs> bits of advice. Um, I mean, if if it is truly that plant based in general or plant based cooking is what intimidates you. Go slow, cut things out. You know, when I did it, I cut things out one at a time. I cut out dairy first, then I cut out, you know, the meat, and then I cut out the eggs. So even just replacing, let's say you you do, you know, take one month to cut out each thing slowly. Buy the the store, the store made or pre-made vegan substitutes, you know, swap out your milk with a soy milk or an oat milk and start there. You know, you can buy, you know plant-based margarine or butter like L and Miyoko and all of that you can start there and I always tell people in terms of cooking chances are you've made it through your life at this point cooking something anything so take your 10 most loved recipes or go-to dishes and use what's available in the store and swap those out so if it's I don't know chicken scallopini Go and get like a Gardein and then do everything else the same just with vegan substitutes. Don't worry about making seitan from scratch. Don't worry about making your own um, oat milk. Get what's available in the store that's pre-made for you that you can very easily swap out and get used to cooking those same recipes that you love because if you didn't like kale before going vegan, you're not gonna like it just because you're vegan. So take recipes that you love and slowly start to transition them using what's available. I mean, eventually then you can make your own cheese at home, but go to the store and you know, if a recipe calls for mozzarella, buy the vegan version and then continue with your recipe or if your dish calls for ground beef, you can buy a Gardein or an Ives or a beyond or an impossible and, and swap that out. And I think that that's where people get lost. They think they have to relearn everything that they know and they have to come up with all new dishes and recipes and eat something that they didn't even like in the first place. You can go with the dishes and the meals that you love just with easy, quick and simple swaps.
2: That is awesome advice. And, uh, Yeah. Couldn't agree more. If you don't like kale before, you know, it's like (laughs) my, my dad, you know, who I commend for, for making the effort. Like he's like calls me every two weeks and he's like, I, you know, some question about quinoa, like he feels like he has to (laughs) eat quinoa because like, he's striving to be vegan, you know, like he, he's not doing that well in every other instance, but I love that he's trying. Right. And, and it's like, you know, it just, just, Go with the the pasta, right? But like yeah. buy, you know, the vegan cheese and like start there, right? Because um, anyway. <laughs> well,
1: and I think um, people get really intimidated, right? Right. They think exactly. That if you if you're going to go plant based vegan, you have to go 100% right away, cold turkey. Terrible analogy as vegan, but whatever. And it it doesn't have to be that way. I mean. It, you you would never expect someone to change their entire lifestyle the same way we like some people think that they have to go vegan or plant based.
2: Right. No, look, I mean, that's why we built 80-20 plants. It's because, mm-hmm. you know, people don't uh, we're, we're so used to these crash diets where it's like, yeah. OK, I'll just muscle through. You know the whole 30 right which is like torture i mean my wife did it once and and i just i remember like i mean you know and and some of these diets are truly like extreme and they work and
1: unsustainable
2: exactly but they only work in those extreme ways for 21 days or 30 days and then no one like no one actually i mean the whole name is called whole 30 right like so many of these it's because like no one could possibly live on this and so we have this dieting culture where uh, I think people fail to recognize that your eating habits are lifelong, right? They're literally, you know, from cradle to grave, you do it three or four, sometimes 10 times a day, right? That you are reinforcing these things that are biological, like we talked about, I mean, some of them are addictions, I mean, some of it's religious, some of it, I mean, a lot of it is cultural, right? And yeah. it's like, all of a sudden you come in and you're going to change everything overnight. Like
1: we would never expect anybody to do that right. with anything else in their life. So that's because right. like, that I feel like that usually stops a lot of people. They're like, oh, it's too scary. It's too overwhelming. Like, Just go slow. It's OK. No one's judging exactly. you except for the vegan police. But right. we don't have to worry about them.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. That is uh that is a conversation for, for another day. I want to be Definitely. respectful of, <laughs> of your time. It would be fun. I, I actually I would love to, to have you back and we can dig into more of these practical things and, and the vegan police. Um but I would love that. Before we wrap up, uh aside from like I said, go check out your cookbook. Uh I think it's just the edgy veg 138 recipes I don't have in front of me. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: the edgy veg, 138, uh, carnivore approved vegan recipes.
2: Great. Thank you. Uh, I got You're 138. Welcome. That's a lot of recipes. Yeah, you did.
1: That's, that's, that's
2: most that's people right, forget start,
1: about the 138.
2: <laughs> that's right. it stuck so with me. I was like, that is a lot of, of recipes that that's you developed. was a lot of work. <laughs> so, super cool. Um, and obviously <laughs> check out your YouTube channel, your blog where you can find all these yummy things. Um, Aside from that, is there a call to action or a message that you would like to leave with the audience today? Philosophical or, or practical?
1: <laughs> um, let's see. Philosophical or practical? Um, I mean, I, th- I guess I would just go back to what we were just talking about. I mean, I, this isn't a diet; it's a lifestyle. Um, and with any lifestyle that any other lifestyle change that you would make, go slow. Be deliberate, um, have compassion for yourself. And, you know, if you slip up along the way, I don't even like the term slip up along the way, but, you know, if you kind of go backwards a little bit, you can always go forwards. And so give yourself some grace, some compassion for yourself and, and you'll get there. And even switching out, you know, two days or two meals a week is so much better for the environment. So don't even feel like you have to go 100%. Um, just, just small changes. Small changes change the world in, uh, if enough people are doing it.
2: I think that is a, a wonderful place. And so Candice, thank you so much for, for being generous with your time today. I'm uh, so appreciative and excited to have you back on so we can dig into so many of these untouched topics.
1: Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you so much for having me.